Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Everyone to the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Rodney Fisher. I'll be joined by my co-host, Boyd Fisher, here in just a second. This is our special NBA preview. That's right. We're going to preview the entire 2012-2013 season. We have a special guest coming on as well, uh, Sekou Smith from NBA.com. The Hang Time blog will be joining us later on in the broadcast. But we also need your support as well. Give us a call, 323-927-2906. 323-927-2906. And also follow us on Twitter at RF Sports Radio. On the web at rfsportsradio.com. We got a lot of stuff to get into. New, the new teams, the new look of the teams, and also, of course, our predictions. And David Stern as well, too. So without further ado, let me bring on the guy that's the only guy on our show, at least host, rather. They watch both the NBA and the ABA, Mr. Royce Fisher. And how are you today, sir? I'm doing fine, Rodney. You just gave away my age, though, but I'm okay I'm sorry. With go ahead. I'm sorry. Go right, go, go right ahead. Listen, I, I'm, I'm excited, man. We're just days away from the kickoff of the new NBA season. Uh, of course, now the Lakers and the Mavericks, big game coming up on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to being there. Yeah, it's going to be a big game. And not only this Lakers and the Mavericks game coming up, but that same night you've got Boston taking on Miami. And that's going to prove to be, I think, a critical matchup throughout the entire Eastern Conference for the entire season. So we got a lot to get to. And, of course, as I mentioned before, we hope to be joined by uh, Sekou Smith from NBA.com. The Hangtown blog should be joining us at about, about 9.15 or so. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. This is a full NBA preview show. Let's start off with a little bit about David Stern. We were on the conference call yesterday with the NBA, and David Stern was on talking about the status of the league and what's going on with the league right now. He also made a big announcement about him stepping down. This is kind of a little bit of what he had to say in his intro yesterday during the uh, media call. Very successful Board of Governors meeting. Uh, we reviewed the financial results through the report of the Audit and Compensation Committee. And it definitely appears uh, that the collective bargaining agreement and the revenue sharing agreements are working. That report also did include a report on, on on how contract signings are going and how effective the collective bargaining agreement is. Uh, we reviewed the business for 
for the upcoming season. Uh, I think it's fair to say that our game is very, very popular. Our fans loved it last season. We had nice increase in ratings. There's an enormous degree of excitement degree of excitement about this year. And in fact, as a sort of an indication of that, we have renewed at our highest rate ever. We're at eighty six percent, which is an incredible league wide renewal rate for season tickets. We've sold more season tickets than ever, new ones, and we are closing in on record sponsorship numbers. So the game the game is just in a terrific state. We reviewed our recent uh, international travels, uh, which were also accompanied by a review of our increasing international business, not just in China, although that was a point of emphasis, but on many other emerging regions that are promised uh, great, great stuff for us. Um, we, I was, I was able to attend the games in, uh, in Berlin, Milan, and Shanghai. Adam uh, attended the games in Barcelona and in Istanbul, and he, in addition to joining me in Shanghai, he went to Beijing as well. Uh, and uh, Joel Lipton was at the uh, Magic uh, Hornets game in uh, in Mexico City, which was also a great success. All sellouts, all uh, focusing on uh, you know on our improving our business, showcasing our game and indeed uh, demonstrating our commitment to NBA Cares. Uh, you know, speaking of which, uh, you know, we had an incredible off-season with respect to NBA players and WNBA players and legends traveling the globe from basketball. Let me go ahead and stop that right there. I know it's a little bit lengthy on this intro, but he went on to go ahead and announce that he was going to be stepping down February of 2014. And in his place will be Adam Silver, who has been his right hand guy. Uh, he's been in the NBA. Adam Silver's been in the NBA 20 years. David Stern's been around the NBA 30 years, taking over in 1984, and now going to retire in 2014. So, Royce, you've you've got a unique perspective because you were able to kind of be a fan of basketball, at least professional basketball, before David Stern took over the NBA. Me, I've only known David Stern. I mean, I've only, you know, been a basketball fan while he was part of the commission, being, was the commissioner of the league, but you've seen the time of basketball when he wasn't. So from your perspective, you know, how vital or how big to the game of basketball in the NBA has David Stern been? $2. And you talking about watching the sport grow. I have seen it grow from a – I mean, back then they played in warehouses. They didn't even have a – some places didn't even have stadiums. But when they combined and became the NBA as we know today, it really grew. And uh, you actually – right, David Stern did a lot for the sport of basketball. I thought he was – as far as commissioners concerned, I thought he was probably one of the best, most liked commissioners. He did so much for the sport – and you know it's a ton of list of things that he's he's done for the sport, and I, I was surprised that he was stepping down, but I, I, I guess it was time. You yeah, know, thirty I, years I don't is a think, pretty long time. So yeah, and I don't think uh, well, I wasn't expecting an announcement. I don't know about you, but I think a lot of people were surprised. But uh, he has a long list of accomplishments. I'm pretty sure we're gonna get into those today. But 
great commissioner. He'll be known as a great commissioner. He did a lot for the sport, and he really took it worldwide. And he, of all the sports, he's probably he's the longest tenured commissioner of any league. You know, NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, any of the professional sports. He, he's the longest tenured. He's been in that position for such a long time. And let's talk a little bit about his accomplishments real fast. And I think one of the biggest things I think he'd be known for is growing the game internationally. You heard him talk about some of the games they had during the preseason from Berlin to Brazil to Mexico City to Shanghai to Spain. And it all started by his decision to put together USA Basketball and get that dream team uh, in 92 to go out there and play those, play in the Olympics. And that what started a lot of the international growth for the NBA. And you're absolutely right. I think that was a big accomplishment in his tenure for him to allow the uh, professional players to play in the Olympics. Uh, you know, at the American, they've been embarrassed so many times in the Olympics, and uh, they wanted the players to play, and he allowed them to play. And that really opened up the international uh, eyes to the NBA, and that's why we have so many uh, European players Right, you know, playing in the league today, I, I think that really opened it up. And, you know, and not only that, it, you know, he was an advocate of hiring black coaches and black GMs, and and at the time that wasn't a really a great decision, but he did open up the floodgates for that. I thought that was great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you, you got from a player standpoint, players made a lot more money under under David Stern than they did previous before now. Of course, the, the state of the league changed, but he made it so popular that where it was not, it was looked at more as the as as a premier type of sport. He improved the product, I guess, is the best way to look at it. Would you say the same thing? Oh, absolutely. And you know, not only that, he, he improved the game too. You know, he stopped the hand checking. You know, just he changed the dress code, the players. You know, dress code, the video reviews. He expanded it from 23 teams to 30 now. And what's so funny is uh, when he came to the league, Michael Jordan was just getting drafted. He was number 23, and they had exactly 23 teams. But now they have 30. So he has seen a lot of players come to the league, man. I mean, he has really opened up the game of basketball. Like you said, the revenues are uh, uh, numbers in the billions. And, you know, one thing good about it, he has kept the average ticket prices low. And I, I don't know how they were able to do that with salaries mm-hmm. going up. You know, actually, a family can't afford to go to a basketball game. It's one of the sports that you can't afford to go to. Well, that's true. And that's I thought true. that was great. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, I think another thing that he did that I think kind of resonates through not just NBA but all across other sports, that was developing the lottery system uh, where he can kind of spread some of the new players out to some of these smaller markets, and he's always been an advocate for the smaller market. Now, of course, the lottery has had its controversy over the years, <laughs> but the NBA lottery system is, is an event, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I, I can remember him doing when Magic Johnson announced that he had AIDS, you know, we didn't know a lot about AIDS then, and for him to allow him to play an all-star game and to continue playing basketball, he was one of the first guys that came out and said it was okay for him to play and, and really opened people's eyes to the fact that uh, as bad as it was during that time, that uh, it, it was acceptable. And I thought that was really big at his part. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you guys want to hear his introduction and his retirement announcement in, in total, all you have to do is go to our website, rfsportsradio.com, click on the RFSN radio tab, and there you can hear uh, the full introduction, also his retirement announcement as well, along with our other premium programming as well. Another question came up during that time period about his goals before retirement. Listen to what he had to say when asked that. Oh, is just to assure that there is a seamless transition in the change of leadership, while at the same time driving the league forward in the variety of initiatives that are now undergoing, that are now you know ongoing, and to uh, you know just to make sure that nothing gets dropped or lost. And he he says to stop for a little while and focus. You know, it's not going to be away from the game, but put more focus into the international game and try to grow it internationally. Now they're opening up this big basketball facility in Beijing, and he mentioned during the call that they've had so many people want to do business with them in China that they don't know if they can even get to everyone's request. Um, so you see where he's trying to move this thing internationally, and and you see the effect it's having on the NBA. Blowing is a global sport, but do you think that we could ever have a possibility? I know it seems far-fetched, but maybe not as far-fetched as it did 10 years ago, uh, having teams overseas that play in the NBA. Absolutely. I think that's the next big step for this game. Uh, we saw, uh, even this year, we saw a lot of teams play overseas games, and uh, the crowds and the fans were exceptionally big. You know, they really embraced that. You know, there's something David said, and I'm going to be one of his quotes. He said, life is a journey. Each step along the way, there are things that you have to do, things that you may, that you maybe wish you had done. But I don't keep that list, and so I'm totally pleased with the transition of which we are embarking. I think he was talking about taking the sport really, really global. And like I said, within the next couple of years, I, I could see uh, teams playing. It's going to be an international sport. Yeah. Well, let's not act, you know, he's done some great things. We also had some very controversial moments as well. Of course, the, the brawl at the, at the Palace in Auburn Hills between the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons when they had to fight the fans. He's had a lot of black eyes. He's had to take over the dress code, and people think he's being too controlling in the way the NBA contract was structured at times. Uh, what do you think that some of the things that may be – you know, you think he's going to get a pass for some of those things? He won't be remembered as much for those because he's done so much, so much other stuff. You know, I, I think he will get a pass. Like you say, you have to weigh the good and bad. That's what I always say, and I think he's done more good than bad. But you know, can you imagine going through six collective bargaining agreements with these players? And we know some of the stuff he had put, like you say, the brawl in Detroit. You know, and. Out of all these years, the 30 years he served, he's only banned eight players. And I thought, you know, he stopped. Uh, he did the drug testing with when a lot of players were smoking marijuana, you know, uh, or doing drugs. He did put a ban on that. But, you know, those were things that he had to do. And and, and it, I think if you go back and ask most of the basketball players to, uh, you know, their, their thoughts about him, I think everybody would probably say a lot of good things about him. I don't think anybody said anything bad about him. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, he did speak on his legacy in the NBA and also uh, the passing the torch over uh, to Adam Silver. This is what he had to say about that yesterday. Some choppy waters, some extraordinary opportunities, 
or a website and you need more customers, advertise with the fastest growing internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. Dallas going to Boston. So I want to start there first. That 
acquisition for Jason Terry, to me, is one of the most underrated free agent acquisitions there is out there. I think that's a definite upgrade for the Celtics getting rid of Ray Allen, who, I mean, Ray Allen's good for a couple of threes, some good games, but Jason Terry, I think, can do a lot more for the Boston offense than Ray Allen can do. Well, let, let's go back and look at uh, free agency. You know, that that was huge when it started. I remember guys had to stay on the team for as long as they wanted you until they didn't want you anymore. But by them having a choice to go anywhere you want to, uh, you know, I know people think that it favors the Lakers in Miami, seeing what those two teams have done, because the Lakers have acquired so many guys through free agency that came to the Lakers and also – we saw LeBron James making that choice to go to Miami. And, you know, th- th- this is huge. And, I, you know, we saw a lot of movement this summer. And uh, to me, like I said, I think that was a great acquisition. I, I don't know how Allen was able to get out of his no-trade uh, cl- uh, clause deal he had with Boston, but, even you know, he went to Miami. So getting Jason Terry, you get a younger guy, you get a faster guy, you get a guy, you know, like I say, we we had a chance to be around him. Great person, great guy, great teammate. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the guy. I think it was a big loss for the Dallas Mavericks and a great game for the Boston Celtics. But you know, we had a lot of a lot of free a lot of things going on, and I think LeBron James started something when he went to Miami, teaming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, this was kind of stagnant for a while. We saw Shaq do it with Kobe. You know, we saw Kareem go to Lakers. You know, we saw a lot of other things. But, uh, you know, it's huge now. You know, and, and guys that have been in the league 10, 12 years, that's been with the same team, that nothing has changed, no championship, no chance to win a championship. You know, before they end their career, they all want a ring. That's the whole purpose of playing is to get the ring. And I, I thought it was some great trades. Some of my question, you know, uh, like Steve Nash, you know, he's not a young guy, but, you know, he, every way he's been, he's been productive. But him going to the Lakers, and I, I, I think they got older. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be better. But uh, some teams made a lot of movements and some didn't. Well, let's start with the Western Conference. You know, we, we see a lot more of them. Uh, throughout the NBA season, start with some of the big acquisitions in the Western Conference. Starting in that Southwest Division, we know the Mavericks have picked up on several different free agents, and all these guys are pretty much in here on one-year deals as they await to try to sign a big free agent in the offseason eventually. Maybe not – they didn't get Darren Williams over the offseason. They hope to get someone else the next season, maybe Dwight Howard or, or whoever's going to be available. But they picked up guys like Elton Brand. They just signed Eddie Curry on waivers yesterday. Also, O.J. Mayo. What do you think about their strategy and what they're doing trying to pick up some of these one-year guys and, and give them a chance to prove themselves before they before they get a long-term agreement? Well, you know, I, I think this is a backup plan B for the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, now we know they wanted Darren Williams. Uh, that was the biggest thing. And I think they were really hoping to get Dwight Howard. And this is a, what, I, what I call a rebound deal. Because you know they lost out on Dwight Howard and Darren Williams, and I, so you really have to have a backup plan. Uh, but I think they waited kind of late to pick up people. But the guys they did get, I, I thought, were pretty good. Really, they got the best available players. OJ Mayo, I think, would be a great acquisition. 
He's young. Uh, you know, Jason Kidd, he, he was up there in age, a little bit slower. I think they improved in the guard position. Uh, they were having trouble in center. They got rid, rid of Howard, Haywood, I'm sorry, and uh, they, because he wasn't giving them much production. You know, and uh, Chris Kamen, I think, is a great acquisition if he can stay healthy. And overall, far as plan B is concerned, I think they did the best they could do at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. Let me ask you about another team in the Southwest uh, Division that would be the Houston Rockets. They were trying to get in on the Dwight Howard trade early on, and, and they ended up basically getting – Jeremy Lin, along with a lot of draft picks to go along with that. You know, Jeremy Lin was a success story for the New York Knicks. They sold a lot of merchandise for him. He didn't really help them in the playoffs. He was injured, didn't play. And now he's in Houston, and the buzz around Houston is about Jeremy Lin. He was, the guy was on the uh, cover of GQ, or in GQ magazine, I just read the right. other day. And now right. he's a Houston Rocket to face their franchise there. What do you think about that move? And you think it's going to be, you know, is it going to prove anything as far as Jeremy Lin's talent if he's in Houston? Well, we will see because, uh, you know, he did a lot in New York when they were struggling, and he really made a name for himself. Uh, I think the guy is a, will make him better. I think he's really productive. But the jury's still out for me on him. But, you know, Houston was probably the most active team during the offseason because mm-hmm. – Every time you heard about a trade or somebody, you know, was up for a trade, Houston was always in the mix. Right. Uh, does that make them better? I, I just don't know. Uh, the jury's still out. But they are trying. I will give them credit for trying. And they're going to do whatever it takes to try to win because, uh, you know, you're in a tough division in the West. you got San Antonio. Right. Right. you got Dallas. you got the Lakers. The Clippers are coming up. And, you know, what's surprising – for me, in the West, is the Golden State uh, so far in, in the uh, preseason has the best record. They're like six and two, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I wonder if that <laughs> adds to the crowd to feel already, you know. But uh, when you talk about Houston, and, and like I said, all summer their name was always in the mix. They didn't actually get what they want, but they did get some draft picks for the future. So I think they're building this team for the future. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. You know, you mentioned going to state. I was going to go there uh, next. You know, they're going – Mark Jackson going into his second year as a coach there. They made Great the coach. trade last year for Andrew Bogut, and he couldn't play last year. But now he's going to play this season. They got a legitimate person down low for Stephen Curry to be active. Of course, no Monte Ellis there taking away the shots from Steph Curry. I think it's going to be a big year for him. Uh, having Andrew Bogut, having David Lee, I think they'll have a better control of what they can do offensively, uh, especially this season, by having those two guys in the lineup. And Steph Curry is going to continue to get better, especially with Mark Jackson teaching him how to play point guard in the NBA. So I, I agree with you. I think I think their four and two record in the preseason is no joke, you know. But again, they've always been the type of team that if they get into the playoffs, you don't know who they can beat. You remember what they did to the Mavericks that year? So you just don't know what's going to happen with them. Uh, one thing that I was surprised that they were able to stay together was the Oklahoma City Thunder. I thought for sure they would lose a player, maybe James Harden, maybe 
they couldn't keep that team together, but they've done it for one more year, able to keep that core group together, and they've got to be now a pretty big favorite for the West again. And you're absolutely right. I, I was shocked that these guys were able to stay together uh, because usually when a team goes this deep into the playoff, a team of that caliber, I mean, it's right for the pickings because guys are offered a lot of money to leave, and for them to keep that team intact, I thought it was great. We saw uh, the Mavericks do just the opposite after they won a championship. They broke that team up. But for them to right. keep this team together, I thought it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, these, we saw some these guys in the Olympics. You know, that only made them better because getting that right. Olympic play and international play, you know, that, that – you know, we see guys come back for the Olympics. They, they're totally different. They, they, you know, the game is a lot better. The game's a lot more improved. Mm-hmm. They do things a little different. But uh, for them to keep this team intact, I, I think it's going to really give them the advantage in the West this year. I think they go back. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like you said, playing all that basketball during the offseason in the Olympics, they definitely have to have three players on the, on the Olympic right. team for the USA, yeah, and, and then Serge Ibaka playing in the right. Olympics as well, too. So I'm going to say whole starting five. Right, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. That's a great point. Uh, let's jump to the Pacific Division and spend a little time there. We talked about Golden State already. Before we get to the Lakers, I want to talk to you about the Clippers and what they did in the offseason, picking up Lamar Odom, picking up Matt Barnes to kind of give their bench a little more a little more umph, uh, if that's the best way to put it. But then also having the return of Chauncey Billups to the lineup this year. And we all know that Chris Paul is going to be the thing that lingers over their head until they get a deal done. Will he get traded? Will he leave at the end of the season? You know, but Chris Paul is like the ultimate professional. I think he's going to go out there and do his job. If he can do that in New Orleans, and we all knew he was going to get traded, I think he can do the same thing in Los Angeles. So what do you think about their chances to go further into the playoffs or they making it uh, to the first round last year? Well, they're starting to look like the old Lakers <laughs> to me, yeah. if you ask me. Two of the old players from the Lakers. Uh, I, I thought one of the most, you know, we talked about David Stern, one of the probably the most best important things to be a Clipper fan was him blocking that trade of Chris Paul going to the Lakers, and that's yeah. how the Clippers ended up with it. But, uh, you know, last year they were great. We, we saw them go deep into the playoffs. But, they, you know, without Chauncey Billups, and having him healthy this year really gives them, to me, the advantage in their division because, you know, if you look at this team, they were already good, and, and that's without Chauncey. And we know Chauncey missed the big shot. Mm-hmm. And by them bringing in Barnes, we know he's a he's a good journeyman. You know, he can come in and do just about anything. But I do have questions about Lamar Odom. I don't know if that was a great pickup or not because, we know how that experiment with him winning Dallas didn't go so great. Right. Uh, what are they going to get out of Lamar Odom? That's the question. Uh, sure. You know, uh, I don't know if he's, he's back in, in, he's back in L.A. He's wanting to be back in L.A. and he's, he's back playing in the Staples Center. So I, I think, I don't know, like you said, we don't know his mindset. I know he's supposed to be going right. through some off-the-court off things. But, I mean, the guy's back in L.A. is what he wants the whole time. And I forgot to mention, too, they did also pick up uh, Jamal Crawford right. and Grant Grant Hill uh, right. as well. So, yeah. so they, they're they're a loaded team. They got two starting fives on that team. Listen, they probably have the deepest bench in the NBA right now. And I, you know, I I, I say that literally because 
if you look at it, they have uh, a lot of all-stars and some great players. I mean, Jamal Crawford is a great pickup. You know, uh, Grant Hill, we know he's going he's gonna to go out and give you 100%. You know, it's a new Grant Hill now. He's not the same old Grant Hill we saw a couple of years ago. His game has really gotten better. And uh, like I said, this, to me, is a team to beat. You know, in the West, uh, they, these guys are loaded. One of the deepest benches in the NBA. Yeah, they're going to be exciting team to watch. Of course, with Blake Griffin and um, uh, DeAndre Jordan and Live City and what they can do. It's going to be a good team. Plus, Karan Butler going his second year there uh, with this team is going to be a pretty big improvement as well. Now, uh, now if, you, if, if you compare this team to the Lakers team, <laughs> I think the Clippers are better. Right, because the Lakers, of course, we know they're big. They got the big blue chip in all of this by getting to White Howard. They also added Steve Nash. Uh, and, but yet they've kind of depleted their bench at the same time because uh, they really don't have those bench players that they really need to make it work. But they, they've got these superstar names. they got the big talent on on the starting five. You know, tell me a little bit about what you think about the Dwight Howard trade now, now we must say that that for the first time they've gone zero and eight in the preseason. Right. But again, you know they've had injuries to Dwight Howard, Kobe's been injured, so they never really kind of put that full team on the court. But let me ask you, what what happens to the Lakers this season? Are we going to see them win a championship? Because I think this move was all about winning the whole thing, not about getting into the playoffs. Well, I, I'm not quite ready to give the Lakers a championship just yet. Of course, we've seen the experiment before. Where they got Carl Malone, uh, Gary Payton, Shaq, and it didn't produce a championship. Uh, I'm not quite so. Uh, you know, do I know Dwight Howard was probably the biggest trade. You know, anybody can get this year. Everybody was after, and we know the Lakers got him. But you know, they gave up everything to get it. You know, Kobe is a lot older. Uh, in the last couple of years, he's had injuries. You know, he's not, he might not even play the opening game. But you wouldn't, he had, but you he wouldn't have known that last season. I mean, he played like a young Kobe last season. Right, right. You he know, did, so. but you could tell. But he was out a long stretch because Andrew Bynum carried that team at least six to eight games last year when Kobe was out. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Andrew Bynum was a better deal than Dwight Howard. I say that because. I, last year, I kind of lost a lot of respect for Dwight Howard. You know, he played this uh, possum game to me mm-hmm. with the team, with, which he should have been playing. You know, right. it could have been the injury. But, of course not. He ended up in the lake. I, you know, I know he lives there, but he just came out the other day say he wished he had went to Brooklyn. So, you know, I, I know that L.A. is a great place to play in, but we don't know what we're going to get to with Dwight Howard. He was, missed half the season last year. And other than that, matter where P, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't know, he's, he, you don't know how to control him. You know, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He could, he's already one foul away from being suspended in any game. You know, he can take off. And, and they have no bench. Steve Nash has bad back problems. You know, we see him uh, uh, when he's out of the game. He's laying on his back trying to get his back. And I think this if, if, if anybody gets injured, it messes up the whole chemistry of this team. And none of them have really played together. I think that's a lot to put on Kobe's back mm-hmm. by itself. You know, is, is he going to stay healthy? But 
if you remember last year, Andrew Bynum took his team on his back when Kobe was out injured for at least six to eight games, and they won. He actually put his team on his back and carried them. So I don't know if Dwight can do that. There's a lot of stars. There's only one basketball. And that's, you know, I think, it's a problem because we know all big men want the ball. And that was Dwight Howard's problem in Orlando. And we know Steve Nash likes to have the ball, too, and Kobe. So I, I'm not sure this experiment is going to work. I'm not giving them the championship. And we just don't know what we're going to get. As a avid Kobe Bryant supporter, let me say that first. As a, as a big Kobe Bryant fan myself, I like this team better than I liked the team last year. And I'm going to tell you why, because I think they really suffered when it came playoff time with Ramon Sessions running the point uh, because he just didn't know what to do. He just didn't have the experience. He wasn't in a, a role like that before. He, he allowed Kobe to kind of, you know, overshadow, overshadow him so much that he didn't know what to do. And you go in that locker room last year, and you've got Kobe Bryant, Meta World Peace, Andrew Bynum, and then everybody else. You know, Matt Barnes, of course, has been in the league for quite some time. He knows what to do, but he's got a limited Matt role. Park. On the team, right. but I think with this team that they have now, everyone has an understanding of what it takes. I mean, Dwight Howard's been to an NBA final before. Steve Nash has been to a Western Conference final before, but never to an NBA final. He knows that the time is now. Kobe knows the time is now, and if they can get Dwight Howard to play to his ability and focus on what he has doing the court, they've got a recipe for success now. I'm not giving them the title either because I still think it's going to be a very, very hard, a tough road to get past uh, Oklahoma City, number one. But I think that I can see them and Oklahoma City playing each other in the Western Conference Finals compared to some of the other teams out there. It's just something about the way they put it together. They're going to start off really, really slow because, of course, they're working through some injuries. But I think once they get past Christmas and then, of course, past the All-Star break, I think you really start seeing what this team is capable of doing. My biggest question mark for the Lakers is is the same question mark it was last year, and that's the head coach. You know, I, I don't I, I don't know if he can coach the team. I didn't think he could coach that team last year. You and, know, and Mike Brown Mike Brown is good for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I still don't think he's the right coach for the LA Lakers. And that's a good point. I was gonna talk about that too. Can Mike Brown handle all these egos, and that's the thing. Because, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach, and uh, all these guys are offensive players. Like I said, there's only one ball, and you'll be looking at four superstars. And, 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 it, and, and you know, I'm going to discount one person because Paul Casal in the last couple of years has not shown up in big games in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he plays great during the regular season, and then somehow or another he just kind of disappears during the playoffs. And like you said, I think that's the biggest thing. This 0-8 shows me that Mike Brown really has a problem. I mean, you know, he had eight games with the roster that they have and not win a preseason game. To me, that's a red flag. Mm. And, and I know Kobe didn't play in two of them, but still to me is – you know, that they don't have anybody else. And, and if you look at the bench, you know, God forbid if somebody, one of the major stars gets hurt, then who do you go to? I mean, I mean, who comes off the bench and gives you that you know, that uh, extra 
you know, but you miss it. If Dwight Howard goes out, who's the backup center? Right. If Kobe goes out, which is the leader of this team, and we know, and without Steve Nash making them go, I, I don't, I don't know who's the backup point guard. Well, that's the thing. You're right. I mean, I think they're going to make some moves though throughout the season to bring in more players. I mean, I don't know how they can do it. I think they're going to be looking at the waiver wire very closely, close to the trade deadline, and and when it, and when the waiver wire line comes up, I think they'll be looking at that. But they got to add somebody to that team, and I don't right. think Mike Brown is the guy that can that can scheme a good game plan together to take advantage of the, the other players that they have on the bench. Let me ask you this before we jump to the Eastern Conference real quick. We'll coast through a break. Uh, who lasts from the job longer, Vinny Del Negro as coach of the Clippers or Mike Brown as coach of the Lakers? I say Del Negro. <laughs> he, uh, for what he did with, with that team last year and, and the direction that they're going and with the acquisition of players that they got, he can't go anywhere but up. But, you know, L.A. is a winning town. If you don't win, you're out. We know that. And if Mike Brown doesn't produce a championship or even a playoff with this team, you know, that he has, that everybody says is really the dream team, then he needs to be fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think both of them get fired. I could coach that team. Yeah, I think both of them get fired this season. I don't know when, who's going to go first, but I don't think neither one of them coaches team next season some kind of way. Uh, let's right. go to the Eastern Conference real fast. I started with the Atlantic Division, which I think had the most movement out of any division in uh, basketball, you know, excluding the Pacific uh, Conference, the P- Pacific Division, the Western Conference. With Boston making their moves, of course, picking up uh, Jason Terry after letting Ray Allen go, also the moves that they made in the uh, in the draft, getting Jared Sullinger and other players, picking Jeff Green back up, who's back from injuries, who has looked really, really good in the preseason, the whole teams look good in the preseason. Uh, talk about them for a second, Royce. They've always owned this division, but now you got the Brooklyn Nets and the moves they made, getting Darren Williams, getting the new arena, the new look, picking up Joe Johnson, uh, Gerald Wallace, and, of course, with the Knicks and their acquisition, they're picking up all the old players they can find, Marcus Canby, uh, <laughs> Kirk Thomas. Uh, they're picking up anybody they can get, uh, Rasheed Wallace. Uh, anyone that anyone they can find that can play alongside uh, Carmelo and Amari, but also Jason Kidd, who I think is another underrated free agent acquisition because now they got someone that can actually focus on being a point guard and not scoring. And then Philadelphia with Andrew Bynum. You know, they get an upgrade there, get rid of Elton Brand, amnesty him, send him to – he goes to Dallas, and now they pick up Andrew Bynum. So t- t- talk to me a little bit about the Atlantic division and what these teams have done and how you see this thing kind of shaking up throughout the season? Well, l- listen, as long as I can remember, Boston has always been on top. And, and you, you, that's almost a gimme with the talent they have. But uh, just like every other team, these guys are older, and uh, injuries can change a whole season for a team. I, I thought it was great that they picked up Jason Terry. Uh, he gives them what they lost in a uh, – with Allen, mm-hmm. but uh, I tell you what, and, and Brooklyn, I'm not sure about it because these guys really hadn't played together on paper. They look great. They're young and athletic, but I'm going to tell you the team to look out for, and that's Philadelphia. So far in the preseason, they're 6-1. and one. They have mm-hmm. the best record in the East, right. and 
and and this is without Andrew Bynum Andrew being Bynum, healthy. Right, right. Right. And imagine how good they're going to be with Andrew Bynum. And then, you know, you got Indiana. You got a lot of young teams that are really, you know, up and coming. We started this last year. But I'm not ready to give the crown to Boston yet because, like I said, if safe God forbid if anybody get injured. And we know one of those key players go out, they change the whole dynamic of this team. But I never mm-hmm. underestimate Doc Rivers, yeah, one of the greatest coaches right. that I know. He's got, he's got to be the best coach in that Atlantic division if you look at Boston, right. Brooklyn, New York, Philadelphia, right. and Toronto. And just on coaching alone, I will give it to Boston because mm-hmm. he finds a way to win. And guys like playing for him. He's a player coach, and they will produce so. But I, but I tell you what, I, I'm gonna keep my eye on Philly because I, I, I saw a lot in them last year. They made it to the playoffs, and Indiana. Those are two teams I think may get Boston run for their money. I'm not now the Knicks. Uh, it's perfect for Kid because Carmelo slows the ball down, and we know the Kid does the same thing we saw last year in Dallas. He's not quick as he used to be. He doesn't take it to the basket, but he likes to set up jump shooters. Because uh, he did it for Dirk for years, and that's great for Carmelo Anthony. But it does slow the game down, and that's the way the New York Knicks play. So I think that's perfect for them. How that how that pans out, I don't know, but we we will see. You know, when you talk about uh, Jason Kidd, you think about all the point guards that he has mentored over the years, from from the guys of the Mavericks, from uh, uh, Devin Harris Jersey. to AJ Barea to uh, Roddy Bouvard, and you think about all the teams he's been with in New Jersey and uh, all over the place. He's mentored all these point guards. I always look up to him for advice, and now he's going to be able to kind of groom Raymond Felton into a uh, passing point guard with some scoring ability because uh, we know right. Raymond Felton can light up as well. And with the Knicks, I thought it was a big mistake letting Jeremy Lin go because he could have learned so much from Jason Kidd. You know, he could have learned how to play the point guard position the right way. And he speaks uh, the game up. Yeah, he speeds the game up. He's a scorer, uh, especially because you're going to have some injury issues with Amari Sotomayor no matter what happens. He's going right. to be injured sometime this year, and you're going to need somebody else to put up some scoring. Tyson Chandler, of course, got hurt in that last preseason game. He's looking at maybe having surgery. He'll be out for quite some time. But they've got so many players in New York, so many old, salty right. veterans, you know, kind of like an old girlfriend. You know, they just got chips on their shoulder and, I just see that team exploding sometimes during the season with some kind of locker room outbursts or some kind of on-the-court event. It's just too many different personalities. And I think I feel just like you about Brooklyn. It's so early to tell. Joe Johnson I'm not a big fan of. I think he, you know, he got all that money in Atlanta, didn't do anything right. with that. I don't see him doing anything different in uh, Brooklyn. And in, in in, as far as I'm concerned, I think Gerald Wallace was a better acquisition than uh, Joe Johnson. He would have been a lot cheaper. And in Philadelphia, I think it's a team to watch. Let's not forget, they did force the game seven with Miami uh, in the playoffs. So I think you're right. I think Philadelphia's a team to watch, but I think Boston kind of still owns that division. Uh, let's move over to the Central Division with the Chicago Bulls, Cleveland Cavaliers, Detroit Pistons, Indiana Pacers, who you talked about before, and the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks have a new look. They added Monte Ellis uh, to the team. And Chicago, I thought, made a good move by re-signing head coach Tom Thibodeau for a longer arrangement and possibly getting Derrick Rose back 
earlier than expected. So I think the jury's still out on Chicago. We don't know how quick Derrick Rose can get back to MVP form, but I think you got to say that they're going to run away with this central division if he does. If not, I think Indiana's going to be right there again. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think Chicago goes and Derrick Rose goes. If he stays right. healthy, you know, and pushes his team, we know they're a good team, but they're not a great team without him. And 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 you're right, keeping Thibodeau was probably one of the best decisions. He's a great coach. I, I don't know how he gets these players, <laughs> you know, call his booze out. He gets these guys to play and play hard every night. So you're absolutely right about that. But, you know, you, you really have to watch out for Indiana. And, and I think the Bucks got better this year. I, I, I really yeah. do. I, I think the Bucks are going to be a team to watch out. But Indiana, man, I mean, you know, they made it to the playoffs last year. And we know once a young team gets a taste of that, man, they get hungry. And I, I think Indiana is probably the most hungry team in this division. And I, I think these guys will get Chicago run for their money. But I still give the nod to Chicago. Simply because these guys play hard every night. Every night. You know, what's kind of funny as well, too, is if you think about it, uh, with that division in Indiana, you know, they did lose Larry Bird. He's not no longer uh, head of basketball operations there. But I thought they made a move, a good move, by keeping Roy Hibbert there, who was a free agent. Right. Go ahead and resign. And he was a free agent. Yeah, because there was a little concern over whether he would resign there or if they would even offer him a deal. But at least they're trying to show that, I guess, they they want to play, play uh, you know, play some some big market-type basketball. Right. So I, I agree. I agree that they're gonna have to make some moves and keep making moves to keep improving their team. But but like you said, I think they're gonna be right there as well too. Let's jump to the Southeast uh, Division in the Eastern Conference, and who has it easier in the Southeast Division but the Miami Heat? I mean, they're gonna be going. To, they got Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, and Orlando and DC. And so. I mean, they've got no one else to play in that division. I mean, we know the Bobcats are not going to be where they need to be. We know the Hawks are going to be decimated. they got Josh Smith and a slew of other players, Charlotte, and then, of course, Orlando with their five draft picks upcoming after losing Dwight Howard, and D.C., which is trying to rebuild right now as well, too. But Miami, let's spend a little time talking about the reigning champions. They get Ray Allen. You know, he decides to come over and play with them. He'll give them some three-point shooting. But is that going to be enough for them to repeat? Well, listen, they won the championship last year by three-point shooting. I mean, the last two games, they took off. And now you have the best three-point shooter to ever play the game. That only makes you better. Uh, I, I think Miami's on a mission. And like I said, they're in a division with some subpar teams that probably won't make 500. So I, I'm going to give this win to the Heat without question. Uh, but, you know, and Ray Allen, and uh, I think LeBron James is probably the number one player. And I will say this, and I want you to hear this. According to 104 writers, uh, they took a poll, and LeBron James is the number one player in the NBA right now, and Dwayne Wade, and with him promising multiple championships, they already got one, not one, not two, but I think they're on par to get another one. 
So, I, you know, no question about it, Miami dominates this division. Yeah, they definitely dominate this division. And if you look at the Eastern Conference as a whole, I think they got to get past, you know, two teams for sure, and that's Philadelphia and um, Boston. I mean, they got to get past them. Chicago, if Derrick Wells get back, gets back into MVP, MVP form, they've got to get past them as well. But this whole Eastern Conference is set up for them to get back into an NBA final again. I mean, Absolutely. I don't see any teams really making a big run or a big big way to get there. And I think it's up to the Eastern Conference to try to stop these guys again. But they can repeat. I, I, I'm not going to say anything. You know, people say I'm a LeBron hater. I don't like him, you know. But, you know, after watching his run last year, I mean, you got to get your hats off to the guy that won the MVP, then win the MVP of the finals and win a championship, then also go into the Olympics, win a gold medal. So you got to get your hats off to a guy to have a year like that and playing that much basketball and coming back and playing it again. I think they're going to hit the ground uh, running. So I, and, I think they have a great chance what? to repeat. I think Miami's not so secret weapon is going to be Chris Bosch. I, yeah. I think he's going to be – I look for him to have a great year this year. Uh, I think he feels more comfortable. I think he's going to be playing a little center, too, this year. And I, I, I think Chris Box is going to be the biggest difference on this team. Yeah, I would agree to you as well. All right, so we got we both like Miami and the Eastern Conference. Who do we think is going to pull off the uh, Western Conference win and, and get to the NBA Finals out of that division or that conference? Wow. You're talking about the West, you know, I know the Lakers are favorite, but I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Oklahoma City. Uh, these guys have played together. They're on a mission. I think, I think they were embarrassed last year. And Kevin Durant is the second best player, according to 104 writers. And uh, so you got the second best player in the West in the league and Kevin Durant. You got a core group of guys that's been together for a while. You got some young guys that are still young and athletic, and they got something to prove. I really do believe that they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder this year, and I think they're gonna be on a mission. And I think, you know, great coach, great organization. You know, we've seen them up close and personal. I, I, I'm gonna give it to Oklahoma over the Lakers. You know what, I, I think Oklahoma City is going to be the team that makes it out of the Western Conference. I'm just like you. Uh, I also think it'll be a repeat in the finals, but I don't think the end is going to be a repeat. I think somehow the Kevin Durant pops up, gets his first NBA title this season. They beat the Miami Heat in seven games in the finals. Is what my well, prediction well, he was also be. voted the number one closer, too, to close yeah, out so, a game. So. Yeah, I think, I think you learned a lot from – Playing the Olympics and also playing in the finals, I think they close it out this time, and and Kevin Durant gets a ring. Absolutely. Who do you think coming out of the East? Well, I think we both selected Boston to come out of the East. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, not Boston, but Miami to come out of the East. And I think, like I said, they'll play in Oklahoma City. It'll be a repeat of last year again. Yeah, it won't be the first time we saw two teams back to back in the playoffs. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. And and just real quick, we just found out a few minutes ago that the balloting for the All-Star game this year, they're actually going to take off the position of center. 
so it Are won't be serious? like a des- it won't be a designated center spot on the ballot for the All Star game. They kind of tells you the way the NBA is going, Royce. Well, you know they got uh, power forward, the centers now, centers and power. I mean, these power forwards are, are just as big as centers nowadays. <laughs> you know, and right. these guys are more versatile than centers. So I, you know, I guess that is the direction they hit it. Yes, that's where they're headed. Want to thank everyone for tuning in to our show. Make sure you go back and download it on iTunes. Look up RF Sports Radio. Make sure you go to our website, rfsportsradio.com, for more information and some more premium content that we can provide you. To, especially if you're a basketball fan, you get a chance to watch the pregame and postgame press conferences live. Also, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Until next time, thank everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week. RF Sports Radio, rfsportsradio.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 18- plus.